Michelle, how are you? I cannot believe we are doing our season five wrap up. It has been quite the season. And we say that every season. I know we started with Nan Giordano. And we had Sue Samuels and Jermaine Goodson after that. These are all masters in their crafts. And to have these educators and and these influencers on our show, we are so blessed. Yeah. And I love that. You know, I feel like last season, I mean, I know it kind of has carried on, but we've really had a theme of joy going. And I know that's carried on for sure. It's come up in conversations, but I think we've been discussing um, another word. If I was trying to like, uh, if I wanted to try to find a theme to this season, it would be kind of like history and staying true to, you know, the styles that we teach and that these masters teach is like staying true to like where it's come from and using that to help launch us forward as these dance forms continue to evolve. Yeah. And I think a really great person that helped us do that transition was Al Blackstone Mm -hmm. and how he is, he's melding the old and the new he's got his point of view, but he's taken it from the greats. And it shows that can be done again and again. And I think, I don't know if it came up in a certain conversation, but it makes me always think of like, people are already taken. You can, we're inspired by one another, but don't try to be just like somebody else. You know, take what's working for a lot of people and what inspires you and still be your truest self. And I, on the top of my head, can't think of another person of this generation that we're growing up with, like Al, that does that so well. Like he's created his own, um, approach or um, presentation of the styles. I mean, he's using dance moves that it's not like he's saying he's creating dance moves or necessarily a style, but it's the way he's presenting his choreography and his movement um, is uh, definitely stands out. And I'm like, like fangirling over it anyway. Like once well, he said he would do the show and do it, I was like, this is the best day ever. And that's the day that my dog locked me out of the car. <laughs> oh, that's right. That was easy. And we had to reschedule. Oh, God bless him. Well, the thing about Al, you know, he's he's everywhere and he's setting pieces for regional theater and commercials and whatnot. But I do see his stuff at competition, at dance competition. And you can tell when it's an Al Blackstone piece that comes out. And that says a lot. There's a definite flavor to his pieces that are, when they're coming out. They are full of technique and they are full of style. Right. Yeah. And I think he's not saying that one thing's more important than the other. It's utilizing, and he does such a good job, and he's not the only one that does that. But I think I remind myself, like, a good choreographer and teacher is we're using um, the strength of who's, of the dancer, right, of the artist to still tell the story or do the thing or to entertain. Um, And he does that so well. And speaking of competition, we actually delved into that a lot for us this season. We had um, a competition etiquette episode with you and I, and a few of our guests, mid-season on we talked about competition and point of view at competition and what it's like to judge and this and that and I think um we had some really good talks competition can be great if it's used and utilized for the right reasons and I, and I hope that our listeners this season our studio owners our choreographers our young adults listening or wannabe professional dancers understood that we were not 
nothing is about bashing. It's about what you can get from what you're putting, what you're doing. You're putting all this effort into competition. You've got to have uh, outcomes for yourself. And I think we, a lot of us talked about that. What are your goals when you go to competition? What are you trying to get out of competition? Because it's not just about my favorite ever. It's not about the sushi roll you win. <laughs> the rainbow, <laughs> the rainbow supreme roll. Um, the volcano roll. <laughs> oh, God, do I want sushi right now? Um, yeah, I, um, ooh, Perrier. Sorry, Tolson drinking. She's drinking fancy water. Wow. And hydrated in New York City. It's warm here today, and I'm in between teaching today, right now in my class. <laughs> you drank it like it was a commercial. I loved it. My bubble water. You gave me like a profile chug. <laughs> sip, a sip. It wasn't a chug. Okay. Um, no, with competition though, I mean, I think we we are talking about it a little bit more. It is like we are recording these episodes like in the height, what we would call competition season. Um, and it's, it's, it's a large, it's arguably the largest platform, public platform for youth, present, presenting youth dancing, right? I mean, it's just, so it is important. Um, and I think because we all and our guests take what we do seriously and we have a huge responsibility to make sure that we're educating and it's, and I think especially those of us that have worked professionally in the industry and it, it does call space paid people that have worked in the industry or have a connection to it that are also still working with dancers competing at dance competitions um, at a community studio level. We have the advantage of knowing what's going on in the industry and if that's the goal is to try to emulate what's happening in the industry on those competition stages, and I think it's just not always happening. So that's what makes us question, like, well, then what's the point of the competition? And it can be just to win, but every studio and or dancer might have a different goal in mind, like you said, of what their I, approach is. I think it's really hard. I know you still teach for competition. I, I teach a l very little now. I've, I've pulled back a lot for competition um, because knowing what and I say this with air quotes that people can't see right now, competition judges are looking for something different than I would actually put out for a piece at the conservatory. So have to find the blend, but is it up to us as well? And I don't know the answer to this. I kind of do. To change that outlook, is, does it have to be all tricks? No, it doesn't. And I think a lot of teachers, choreographers think it does. And I don't, I do not think it does. And I know you don't think it does. I've watched some of your pieces and enjoyed all the Yaz Hans that you have in there and your Yaz <laughs> down. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I think it just goes for like, what's the goal, right? It just mm -hmm. goes back to that. Is it, is the goal when we go to a competition to win? And I think on the surface, a lot of times it's like, yes, but is that the top priority? Is it to put something artistic out there? Is it to put something out there that the students feel good presenting themselves? Um, you know, and then the question goes, well, if it's to win, then, then, then you really care about what the judges are looking for, right? Because at the end of the day, you're going on stage. My thing is like, are you representing yourself and your team in your studio? And if you feel good about what you put out on stage, to me, that's a great goal, just to feel good about being on stage. You know, how much does the whole like learning and growth come into it? A huge part, probably. Um, but if it's to win, then we're just caring about the judge's opinion. So therefore, you have to think like a judge. Um, and when you and I talked to a lot of our friends, and I just did this with my class the other day, and I called some one of our guests and said, um, right away, what do you what what makes a dance stand out? And they say storytelling and enter entertainment. And then I talked to other friends, and they're like storytelling and entertainment. So I want that dance to entertain me and give me a story, or one or the other, or both. And if they do both, 
holy cow, that dance is memorable. You know, and to, in order to do that, though, you're presenting it professional with still the good technique, you're having the vocabulary of the style that you're entered in. And that whole package is what makes, I think, adjudicators walk away. A, those dances will score well, and they'll walk away with them being memorable. For me, they score higher because I see some beautiful technicians, but I see some beautiful technicians with no emotional attachment to their piece. If you can sell it to me emotionally and dance it, you're, you're my top score of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's across the board, all genres, I, I, whether it's a hip hop, a tap, a lyrical, a ballet, uh, you, you can sell it. I think we'd say it all the time too. Like it's um, at the, at the end of the day, dance is uh, performance art, right? And it's still art. And if it's, there's no meaning with the movement, AKA no storytelling, no emotion, no character, no whatever, even if it's a, even if it's a modern contemporary piece, even if there's no abstract intention or there's something to be, you know, art at the end of the day needs to be interpreted. Just like you go to an art museum with drawings and paintings and sculptures, it, you should look at it and it should give you a second just to think about it, right? And if it's, cre- if it's helping me just think, um, and that's kind of the exchange that art does, but performance art, if all that's stripped away from it, then it's just athletic movement or it's just movement with nothing to it. And it really keeps it stale. And it can be beautiful, but after a while, that gets old. You know what I mean? It doesn't become interesting anymore. And then we talked to some people we've had on the show, but they were on with someone else. So Jody Renard and Crystal Frazier came back on uh, by themselves. We had an incredible conversation with Crystal about hip hop. Oh my gosh, and yeah. So proud of her for her promotion at Point Park University. And then talk to Jody, who's got six Broadway shows and what that looks like over a 20 year period. So thank you to both of those guests for returning back to the show. Yeah, just love them both. They're just the best. Crystal, well, I could of- just giggle with the whole time. And Jody's wonderful, so talented. And we could do like seven more episodes on his career that he's still continuing to have. Um, so I can't wait to see what's next for him. And then we had Sterling and Lauren and Tiger and Trevor. All cool episodes. And Marinda Davis was in the mix as well. Yeah. Yep. And you it know- is crazy. I love doing these because you're like, holy cow. Lucky us, Michelle. We say that a lot, but it's I can keep Sterling saying it. Was- 12 years and one of the biggest shows on Broadway. Oh, that little thing called Wicked. Just, just that little thing called Wicked. <laughs> that old thing, you know, Wicked. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and I, I will shout out to you. You know, I am so lucky that I met you when you were looking for founding faculty for Thrive Dance Experience because through Thrive, I've met Sterling and Lauren and had some wonderful interactions with these incredible teachers that I am now able to call friends. So thank you for creating a safe space for your educators as well. Well, yeah. Well, that takes, you know, the collective culture to do so, you know, and it's, it's, it is a good reflection. I think if that's what we do at these end of seasons, uh, Michelle, and um, with launching Thrive, I really did it because I wanted, I saw the impact that dance conventions make and how their impact, you know, I love teaching in studios and stuff um, in the university. And I think I'm making an impact there. And then as educators, we do, but I was like, how can we continue to make a larger one? And not that it's quantity over quality, but the, if I just saw how well it was happening with conventions and it really ignited a fire and um, I felt that's where my passion was heading. So anyway, I do so. And what's so funny to, and interesting to reflect is, 
you do it because you're like, I want to make a positive impact using this tool of dance on more youth, the next generation of dancers and dance teachers and whatever they become. Um, but this, the, the um, ripple effect is what you just said. It's that like, I kind of didn't think about the networking, like it led to this, you know what I mean? And this is one of the outcomes of starting a company. And it's a reminder that I'm so glad that I did because of not just our friendship and, and diving down this new path in the last couple of years, but meeting all the people through the podcast. And that's just one example of the awesome things that happen when you just like dive in, like, and thank goodness I had mentors that I was so nervous and like giving myself every reason to not launch a company and thank God they all were like, just do it. Like, just get started. You're, you're going to figure it out. You just get started. And initial, yes, we figure it out. But then surrounding ourselves with wonderful faculty and people, um, just it's been wonderful to have those conversations and to have such awesome people to just reach out to now when we just have a question or we need advice from something or to just bounce an idea off of them. And that's just such an awesome thing. So I'm just so grateful for that. As we wrap up, Jam Fam, we really want to hear from you. We know you listen because we see the numbers, but we don't hear from a lot of you. We know you listen. You're out there. <laughs> Please send us an email or respond on wherever you're listening to. We'd love to know what you like and what you don't like and who you want us to bring on the show. Joe and I are putting together our list for season six and seven already. So we'd love to hear who you would love to hear from or hear um, topics for. Yeah. Yeah. It just, it helps us out. And you know, yeah. What conversations would you like to hear more of what's going to help you? And that's really why, um, Michelle, you and I, I think started this podcast was, um, to just create dance conversations and to have conversations that I think people listen to that. I know it helps me. I say it all the time. I feel like I'm getting a four-year degree, having this podcast, listening to people's stories and advice and knowledge and, and sharing and history. And did you know this happened? And that's how that happened. And that led to this. And it's like, oh my gosh, it's so insightful that um, I'm glad to hear that our listeners are getting that. But what else do you want? It just, it helps us out. It motivates and inspires Michelle and I to um, you know reach out to people. And thank you to the people that we already have booked for season six. Uh, coming on the pod. I'm so pumped to have these conversations and cannot wait for everybody to hear. Teaser. I, I cannot get off season five before thanking our number one fan, Joe, who's <laughs> our number one fan. Um, the wonderful Matthew Donnell, who it's going to be time to bring Matthew back because we did not talk about, we had so much to cover in his episode. And um, listener, we he'll send us a text message after uh, episodes with like his own reflections. I think we need to have a spinoff segment where Whoa. he pops on the show. So Matthew, when you listen to this, and we really hope and uh, assume you will, um, let us know what we can call your segment <laughs> that we can launch. It's the sweetest thing. Also, listeners, don't forget he has a book that you can uh, reach out. Remember, we have a few podcast he... guests that had books. Matthew Schaefer, Adam Cates. Um, they all have amazing books. We should probably put a link to those so that you can get them maybe as graduation gifts for some of your dancers. They're, oh, that's they a really good great. idea. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I got to wrap it up because I got to go a flat ball change. <laughs> Please. Can you do a tap move out of the room that you're in right now recording in at the conservatory um, like while sure. drinking a Perrier? And it becomes like a Perrier commission. I feel like it's kind of like, he's a pepper, we're all peppers too. Da-da-da-da, drink Dr. Pepper.
Isn't that the commercial back in the day? (laughs) I don't sing on this one too often. You usually are the one singing. I am going to say, I just want to go back to what Joe said that we started this podcast because we wanted to have conversation. I think you're wrong. I think we started this podcast because we were tired of making sourdough bread because we were in the middle of a pandemic and we needed to do something that was productive. (laughs) Well, we didn't didn't start this in the pandemic, right? We were a podcast that started after the pandemic. Are you sure? Is there even, was there even a pandemic? You know what I mean? I mean, let's. Yeah, we love you. I'm going to get off this before anybody doesn't love me. Where are we? Yeah. Jam fam, thank you so much for listening to us for five seasons. Um, We love you. Please reach out to us. And Joe, Nickel, you are my favorite podcast co-host. Thank you. And I am your favorite pod. Wait, hold on. Let me say that better. You are my favorite podcast co-host. Maybe I didn't have enough fancy water like you did for bringing your A game today. Thank you, Jim. Love you guys. Bye, Michelle. Bye.